thank you for tuning in to Conroe United Pentecostal Church today. We pray that this podcast is a blessing to you. If there is ever anything we can do for you, please email admin at conroeupc.org. Amen. I've come to talk tonight just for a few minutes. I don't want to be very long. But I've come to talk to people who have lowered their expectations of what God can do in your life. I want to challenge you that when you lower your expectations, you limit what God can do in your life. So tonight, I hope that we leave here with higher expectations and with a higher confidence and trust, or as Pastor says, a higher faith and a higher confidence in what God can do in our life because of who God is. Amen. From the very beginning, I want to remind you that there is no limit to what God can do through one act of faith. There's no limit to what God can do in our life, in your family, and in your church through one act of faith. I was driving to men's conference last week when I felt like the Lord began to speak to me part two of the sermon that I preached the previous Sunday evening. And so I want to just share that with us tonight. I mean, there's no limit to what God can do through you through one act of faith. You have no idea and I have no idea what God can do and how God can exceed our expectations. One seed of faith or one action taken as a step of faith can change your life. Think about that one little bit of faith that you put in Jesus and that grace that was extended to you that saved you. By grace, through faith, are you saved. One bit of faith can save your life. But faith not only saves our life unto salvation, thanks to the grace of God, but faith also moves the mountains that we face. And faith moves the impossible situations that we encounter in this life. Faith is an anchor to our soul that we can cling to and act on when we have nothing else to cling to and act on. We can trust that God is faithful. Has God been faithful to anybody here tonight? Amen. I I know a lot of people just left the room and it's a lot quieter than it was a few minutes ago and we're a lot emptier than we were a few minutes ago, but can anybody just raise their hand and testify tonight and just thank the Lord for his faithfulness in our life? Or if it had not been for the Lord on my side, if it had not been for his faithful hand of provision, if it had not been for him being our way maker and our miracle worker, many of us here tonight would not even be here tonight, but God is a miracle worker, and he works miracles for those who step out in faith, amen. Abraham and Sarah were praying for a miracle for a long time. They were praying for a baby. They were old in age, and it was an impossible, what they thought was impossible through God was not not uh, impossible for in Genesis chapter 15, excuse me, in Genesis uh, chapter 12, verse 1 through 3, it reads like this. The Lord had said to Abram, go forth, uh, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land that I will show you. The Lord said, just step out and start walking, and I'll show you whenever you get there. I will show you, I will make you into a great nation 
The Lord said, I will bless you and I will make your name great. Three promises. And then, and then the Lord goes on to say, and you will be a blessing. I will bless the, I will, I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse them in return. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Now that still didn't answer the prayer that Abraham and Sarah had been praying and the desires that they felt uh, and the longing for a child that they had had for so for so long for years and years but Sometime later. Why don't you look at your neighbor and say, sometime later. If you don't have a neighbor, just say, self, uh, sometime later. Sometime later. Sometime later, we can fast forward to Genesis chapter 15. After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. And this is what the word of the Lord said. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. But Abram said, Lord... Sovereign Lord, what can you even give me since I am childless? So Abram is saying, Lord, you promised me that I would have all these things. You promised me that I would be the father of a great nation. You said that the world would be blessed through me and my bloodline, but I do not even have a man child. I don't even have a little boy. We don't have a baby of our own. There seems to always be a little time, a little time in our life between moving from our current reality until we step into the promises of God. Some of us uh, might be in that sometime right now, amen, for Abraham and Sarah, for Abraham and Sarah, it was about 12 years, 10 to 15 years, let's just say 12 years, uh, amen, while they were waiting on the promises of God to be fulfilled in their life. And in that sometime period, life can seem like it goes on and on and on forever. Some of us have been in that season where it's been, Lord, it's been 10 years, it's been 12 years, it's been 20 years, it's been all this time, Lord, and we've been praying and we've been standing true to your word, we've been standing uh, on your promises and we believe that your promises are really your promises, uh, but Lord, have you forgotten me? Lord, have you forgotten where I'm at tonight? Amen. Uh, Abraham and Sarah waited for years to have a baby. I can only imagine the questions that they had. God, where are you? Because that would be the question that I would ask. Did you forget about me, Lord? Do you remember that dream? Do you remember that vision that you showed me? Do you remember the promises that you spoke into my life? Lord, did you say that? Did I hear you right? Is my mind playing games on me? Come on, some of us have, have thought we were going crazy at times, amen, because our reality did not match the promise of the Lord and the promises that God had given me. God, were you even speaking to me? Did you, did you intend that word? Did you intend that promise? Did you intend that sermon that pastor preached? Did you intend that feeling that I felt as a conviction of your spirit through prayer? Did you intend that for someone else? God, did you mess up? Abraham and Sarah, I'm sure we're saying, Lord, why would you promise us something that we could not make happen or that you will not fulfill in our life? You see, from Abraham's, Abraham and, and, and Sarah's point of view, nothing was happening. Nothing was happening. Abraham... He did what he could do. He did everything he knew how to do. He trusted in the Lord, but he did what you and I would do also. He lowered his expectations. How many of you have lowered your expectations? Lord, you promised me 
You promised me this. Lord, you promised that you were going to save my loved one. Lord, you promised me increase. Lord, you promised me influence. Lord, you promised me a raise. Lord, uh, you promised me all of the, all of this stuff. I've been working. I've been faithful. I've been this and I've been that. And it's not taking place. So I'm just going to settle for where I'm at right now. Or I'll settle for a little increase. I'll settle for a little favor. But I won't settle. I, 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 I've just lowered my expectations. And I can't accept anything else than what I can make happen on myself. But I've come to remind somebody here tonight uh, that uh, God can make things happen that you can't make happen. If the prayers you are praying can be answered according to your own work and your own ethic and your own shenanigans, you aren't praying, you are not praying big enough prayers. Amen. That's why I believe the church should pray big prayers for our families, but also for the corporate body of Conroe United Pentecostal Church. I believe that we should pray prayers that we cannot make happen on our own. Because if we can pray those prayers, that will be an indication of the expectation levels that we have. And expectation is the the breeding ground for the miraculous. And if I want the miraculous to take place in my life, then I need to raise the expectancy levels in my life. And I need to just really expect for God to do more than I could ever ask or think. And I need to really believe and understand and truly deep down in my life believe that God will perform the miraculous. Ma'am, that God will save your lost husband. Sir, that God will provide for you and your family when it seems like you cannot provide adequately enough. I've come to tell somebody here tonight that God is still on the throne and he is still faithful. And if he was able to provide his promises and fulfill his promises for Abraham and Sarah, what more can he do for you and I tonight who who have experienced his blood, who have experienced his spirit? Abraham and Sarah were never filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. They lived long before God God robed himself in flesh and came to the earth, but they still inherited the promises of God. And because of their faithful obedience, it is because of that that we are even saved here tonight. Amen. But if they could stand on the promises of God and not have the gift of the Holy Ghost living in them as you and I have tonight, how much more so should a blood-bought believer, child of God, who has the baptism of the Holy Spirit living inside of them, how much more should we trust and stand on the promises of God? I know I started quiet like a Wednesday and I'm getting a little excited right now, but I've come to challenge somebody to raise your expectation levels. You think you can solve your problems by yourself? Good. Then don't go to the Lord in prayer if you can solve it by yourself. But if you need a big miracle that you can't solve by yourself, you better go to the Lord and say, God, your word says that you will fight my battle. Your word says that we are to be the head and not the tail. Your word says this, and I stand on your word. My situation might look impossible, and my I'm really feeling hopeless. But on the other hand, I put my hope in you. My situation looks hopeless, but I have the hope of glory living in me, Christ Jesus. That's the God that we serve, church family. God told Abraham, you will be the father of many nations, and Abraham just forgot it. He said, Lord, I don't even have a son. 
He lowered his expectation levels. He forgot that God said, you will have millions of believers. You will have millions of people in your bloodline. You will have millions of people as heirs to the promise of the Father. You will have all that you will be the father of a great nation. And Abraham said, but I don't have one boy. Abraham was, was more worried about one thing than he was the vast promises of God. I'll say it again, my opening line tonight. I've come to talk uh, to people tonight who have lowered their expectations uh, of what God can do. And I remind you that God can do the impossible. God can do the impossible. And there is no limit to what God uh, can do, might do, or will do in one single act uh, of faith. Uh, If you're struggling in an area of your life, uh, why don't you just take a step up? faith and say, God, I I trust in you. Maybe you're struggling in your finances. Just say, God, I'm struggling. It doesn't make sense to pay my tithes, but I'll pay my tithes anyway. God, I'm struggling with my family. God, my kids are struggling in school, but we're not going to miss church on Wednesday night. My kids are going to get to church, and I just believe, Lord, that you will make up the difference in their academics because we are putting you first. That's the God that we serve. We live in the economy of the supernatural and the supernatural never makes sense to the carnal mind. For the carnal mind is enmity for God or to God. It is the opposite of what God thinks and plans for our life. But if we can learn to operate in a different economy, you will be amazed at the provision of God in your life. And I'm not speaking about finances. I'm speaking about whatever He has promised you. If it be finances, then apply it to your finances. But if it be any other area, of your life. Uh, Apply his promises uh, and stand on his promises uh, and believe that he is faithful to the very end. God is faithful, faithful, faithful to the very end. We are human. Newsflash, you might have forgot that. We're human. We have struggles. We're human. That means we are incredibly limited. Some of our limitations are different. Some of us are more capable, are are capable of more than others, but even the most capable among us are incapable in many areas of their life. Why? Because we are human. We are human. That's why we think in terms of addition. However, we serve a God who is not human. Oh, he robed himself in flesh, but while he was robed in flesh, he was still 100% God and 100% human. He had the nature and the flesh of a man, but he had the spirit and the power and the mercy and grace of God. For Jesus Christ is God, for in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. In him dwells all the fullness. But he does not think in terms of addition. He thinks in terms of multiplication. We can preach about this from the New Testament. We can preach about this in many different areas. Or we can just go back to the very first time that God showed us that he believed in multiplication. When he told Adam and Eve, be fruitful and multiply. From the very first words, from the very first commandments of God, he was thinking exponential growth. But we have lowered our expectations and we struggle to think that God can do exponentially more than we could ask or think. 
But I want to remind you tonight that God is able to do more. Can I get an amen? amen? We think in addition. God thinks, acts, and promises us in terms of multiplication. In the parable of the sower, I, I told you this is part two of my message from a couple of weeks ago. In, in the parable of the sower, I, I, if you remember, I spoke about this, but I spoke about I spoke about the two aspects of the soul from from the rocky places and the thorny places. But tonight, I want to talk about the soil that produced a crop. For Matthew thirteen verse eight says, "Still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop." A hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. That's the God that we serve. The God that we serve sends a harvest when we're just praying for our lost loved one to be saved. Yes, he'll save the lost loved one, and we're going to rejoice because all of heaven rejoices when one sinner repents. Uh, But we can also read the book of Acts where it's more than just one sinner that God wants to forgive, for he added daily to the church. Uh, And in the book of Acts, in chapter 2, it was thousands of people. And you read uh, that book of Acts, and there was no amen in the final chapter of the book of Acts, uh, which means we are still living in the book of Acts, which means we are still to follow the apostles' doctrine, which means we are still to see the results that the apostles saw in the early church. For we might not be as early as that church, uh, but we believe, preach, uh, and testify of the goodness uh, of Jesus Christ, and we will see miracles, signs, and wonders, uh, and salvation, just as the early church saw. When we put a seed in the ground, you don't see anything, do you? Presley came home a couple weeks ago. He went to a field trip. And he came home all excited, telling me my wife was able to go with him on that field trip. And the first thing he said is, I planted a plant. And I said, oh, what would you plant? He said, well, it was a seed, Daddy. It was a seed. And so today he got in the car and he had a little styrofoam cup. I don't know what it is, but something's blooming, something's growing. It's ugly as sin, but it's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen because it's what my boy did. But he planted one seed and something began to grow. And I believe that's the will of God for us and this generation. You plant a seed, put it in the ground, you don't see anything for a long time. But underneath the ground, God is working. That's why I love that song, Waymaker. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't see what you're doing, I believe you're working because I sowed a seed of faith. I stepped out in faith, and it is my act of faith, uh, an expectancy that will unlock the miraculous in my life, in my family, and in my church. But before it ever grows, what does a seed do? It dies. And death is an ugly thing. But it's a biblical thing. The seed eventually dies, but the rain comes and multiplication begins. And I've come on a quiet Wednesday to speak in the prophetic realm that we are entering into a season of multiplication in this church. 
We've been seeing the momentum. We felt the momentum. We felt a, a, a momentum for much longer than we've seen it. But thankfully, this year, we're seeing momentum that we have not seen in a long time. We're seeing the waters of, of baptism. We're seeing people get the, the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues and sins being washed away and people going down in the water under the name of, of Jesus and their sins forever being washed away as far as the east is from the west. We are seeing uh, all of that, but just as we are seeing souls saved, I, I believe that miracles and signs and wonders will follow those who believe. Uh, once people start getting saved, miracles start uh, happening. Miracles start happening in the life uh, of new believers, but they will also start happening in the lives uh, of seasoned disciples. Amen. If you don't believe it, you ought to go to Monday Night Bible Study and watch the transformation and the multiplication and the spiritual growth and miracles that is happening in our church. But I've come to declare to you it is the season of multiplication. Yes, we have planted seeds. Yes, we have put faith in the ground. Yes, we have put dollars in the ground. Yes, we have put blood, sweat, and tears in the ground. And it felt like we were dying for a long time. And we were dying, but we were not dying a death unto death. We were dying a death unto new life so that when the old man dies, a new man can be resurrected in Christ Jesus. Just like what happens through the act of baptism, I believe it's also going to happen in the areas of attendance and finances and other areas of your life. And in this church, I've come to declare to you that it's the season of multiplication. I know it's quiet and I know it's a Wednesday and we're not supposed to talk and we're not supposed to talk about things like this and we're definitely not supposed to get excited about things like this. But when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he has done for me, my soul cries out, hallelujah. Thank God for saving me from that pit of sin. Thank God for saving my finances when I couldn't pay my bills. Thank God for saving my babies when they were acting crazy. Can anybody just let their soul sing hallelujah. Thank God for saving me. Maybe you can just act in faith tonight and stand to your feet and put your hands together and say thank you Jesus for being faithful. Thank you Jesus for being my provider. Thank you Jesus that one act of faith can move a mountain. Oh, come on, let's really give him some worship tonight. Let your faith run wild and believe that he can do anything in your life. Thank you, Jesus. Just because you don't see anything right now doesn't mean that God is not working. Uh, just because you don't see it doesn't mean that uh, that it isn't happening. Uh, eventually the seed begins uh, to take root. Uh, and after the seed begins to take root, uh, it begins to sprout up out of that dirt, out of that ugliness, out of that moisture, out of that incubator of life, uh, if you will. And then it begins to blossom uh, into something uh, beautiful. If you want to see the 
the world, uh, if you want to see the miraculous in your life, seek roots uh, in the presence of God. If you want to see the miraculous uh, in your finances, seek roots uh, in the kingdom of God. If you want to see the miraculous uh, in your family, seek roots uh, in the house of God and make sure your family is planted uh, in the house uh, of the Lord and they will flourish. It's not because I'm saying it or preaching it because it's in the word of God uh, and the word of God is true uh, and the word of God is right uh, and the word of God saves us uh, and the word of God sustains us. That's why we ought to expect the miraculous in our life. Before the seed produces fruit, the seed must take root. Take root. We must dig our roots deep into the presence of God. Even when it doesn't feel like it, even when a storm comes, my roots will keep me grounded. But the only way my roots can go deep is if I die out to my flesh and I die out to to the things that I want and I accept that the will of God for my life might be like Abraham and Sarah and might hold me in a 12-year holding pattern. But still I will trust in Jesus. Still I will trust in the name of the Lord and believe that since he has begun a good work in me, he will see it through to the very end. Just because you are praying and you don't see an answer doesn't mean that God is not doing anything. Just because uh, you're being faithful even when it hurts and you're coming to the house of God and your prayers uh, are not being answered, uh, it does not mean that God is not hearing your prayers for God is hearing you tonight. And the stillness of your bedroom when you lay your head on the pillow And you make that big sigh, you let out that big sigh, and you're feeling the pressures of the world begin to slowly, slowly not, 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 not go away, but just ease up so you can find a little bit of rest during the night before it all starts the next day. God is with you and He knows where you're at and He has not forgotten you, but He is just making sure that you are sinking roots so that you can handle what else He's bringing into your life. A tree cannot bear fruit if it does not sink roots. Stand with me tonight. I told you I wouldn't be very long. But I believe that here in a few minutes we're going to gather around the altar and the Lord's going to work in us. Many times we get upset because God doesn't meet our expectations. But if God met our expectations, then how could God ever exceed our expectations? If God met our expectations, that would mean that God thinks like we think. Church family, if we had a God that thought like we thought, he would have let you take in that job that you thought was great. He would have let you marry that person that you thought was your soulmate. He would have let you, he would have let you do all of that. Uh, but God thinks higher than we think and his ways are different than we think. And for that, I am thankful. Do I understand his ways? Absolutely not. Uh, but his word is a lamp into my feet and a light into my path. Uh, I might not see the next, I, I might not see a mile down the road in front of me, but I can take heart uh, in the fact fact that I know what is next in my life because his word is a lamp into my path. Genesis chapter 15 and 5 says, he took him outside. This is the Lord going back to our text. The Lord took Abraham outside and said, look up at the sky and count the stars. If indeed you can count them, 
Then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. Remember Abraham saying, Lord, you promised me all this. I don't even have a son. I don't even have a boy to carry on my namesake. How can, how can I have a heritage? How can I leave a legacy? How can there be an inheritance if I have no one to give it to? But the Lord said, get up from where you are. Because you can't see the stars that I flung into the sky while you're in your tent. While you lay in your bed, while you lay in your sorrow, you can't see above. But if you get out from where you are and you go out to the things that I created and you look up and you see that with my very words I spoke the stars and the moons and the planets and the galaxies into existence and you are questioning the fact that I cannot give you a son when I have promised you a nation and nations to follow after you, let me just tell somebody, you might need to get up from where you are and move out of your pity party and move out of your sorrow and move out of your doubt and move out of your comfort zone and step into the realm that God has created for you. And when we step into the realm that God has created, a supernatural realm, we will begin to realize that I might not have his promises yet, but I see his creation and I see his ability. And if he can speak the worlds into existence, Surely he can speak the things in my life that he has promised me. I've come to challenge somebody tonight to increase your expectancy levels, to believe that God can do the miraculous. He is doing the miraculous. It's just the beginning of what he's going to do in your life. Stand strong. Be faithful and accept that he is faithful. Why don't you gather with me tonight around the front? God takes us out of our comfort zone so that we can see things differently. Galatians chapter 3 verse 29 says this. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. At the beginning of the book, Abraham was promised a son, but you go towards the back of the book and you see the promises of God being fulfilled. Don't limit God's power in your life, church family, by your limited expectations. Recognize that we serve the King of Kings and we serve the Lord of Lords. He's the one that sets up kingdoms and tears down kingdoms. He's the one that holds it all in his hand. And if he holds it all in his hand, that means I am in his hand and that means I am in his control. And that means there's no limit to what God can do. Galatians chapter 6 verse 9 says, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time, the King James says in the proper season, we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. It might be dark, you might be struggling, but take heart that the promises of God are true. Don't give up. God is faithful. Keep praying. Keep believing. Last verses I want to share with us before we go to the Lord in prayer. Ephesians chapter 3. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. And our response to God's promises in our life is amen.
Amen. Amen is a good King James word, but if you were to break it down to 2018 Southeast Texas English, it would just be, so be it. So when God gives us a promise, we should just say, so be it in Jesus' name. So be it in the name of Jesus. Lord, uh, you've promised this for my family. So be it in the name of Jesus. Lord, you've promised a harvest to this church. Uh, so be it in the name of Jesus. Can anybody just uh, lift your hands tonight and just say, so be it uh, in Jesus' name. Uh, come on, lift your voice. Uh, now pray over your circumstances. Uh, Lord, you know my problems. Uh, so be it in Jesus' name. Uh, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Uh, give us this day our daily bread, oh God. Uh, so be it in the name of Jesus. So be it in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray over every person here tonight, oh God. I pray that they leave this house encouraged. I pray that they leave here tonight with hope and faith knowing that you are in control, God. They might be going through a battle, but let them feel your faith. Let them feel your comfort and the security of knowing that this world might not give me what I want, but I have what I need through you, Jesus. Come on, why don't you sit your hands and thank him. Lord, I I might not have got what I wanted, but you are all that I need. Uh, Lord, I might not get every every situation. It might not turn out like I think, uh, but you are still all sufficient. Uh, Your grace is still new. Uh, Your mercy is still new. Uh, I still believe that you can do exceedingly and abundantly more than I could ever ask or think uh, according to the power that worketh in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray, Lord, that everyone under the sound of my voice tonight, Lord, can raise their levels of expectancy, Lord. Lord, that whatever they are praying for, whatever they are facing, oh God, that you can not only carry them to it, but you can take them through it, oh God. Every family problem, every financial problem, every bit of confusion, oh God, every bit of spiritual darkness, oh God, every bit of loneliness, every bit of fatigue, oh God. I pray, oh God, that you encourage your children tonight. Oh God, Lord, without a preacher ever laying hands on their head, Lord, send peace to every person here tonight. Send hope to every to every hopeless situation, oh God. Lord, we trust you. Lord, we trust you, Jesus. We trust you, God, that you're perfect. We trust you, God, that you have ordered our steps, Jesus. We put our hope in you, God. We put our faith in you, Jesus. Lord, some trust in horses, some trust in chariots, some trust in the things of this world, oh God. But we as your children put our trust in you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for being faithful, oh God. Thank you for being true. Thank you, Jesus. Come on in this moment, just uh, just open your heart up to him. I mean, you might not have words to say. That might be because God wants to speak to you right now. Just dwell in this moment. Lord, we want to dwell in your presence, oh God. Lord, we dwell in your presence right now. Speak to us. Speak to your children tonight, oh God, in a still small voice, oh God. You know what they face. Lord, you know what we carry, oh God. Speak to us, oh God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for being faithful. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Church family, the Lord can do more in just a few minutes at this altar than I could ever do in a little Bible lesson. Let the Lord work in your life right now. We never waste time when we're at the altar. We never waste time when we're in his presence. 
You might feel like the moment has passed and it might have passed for you, but the Lord might still be working on somebody else. Thank you for working on our behalf, Jesus. Thank you for being a way maker. Thank you for being a miracle worker. Lord, when we don't see it, you're still working and we thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, let peace come to every person here tonight, oh God. Lord, I pray for perfect peace, oh God. The peace that surpasses all of our understanding, Jesus. Lord, we're thankful that your word says that you will keep us in perfect peace, oh God, if we keep our minds stayed on you. Lord, we keep our focus on you, Jesus. Lord, we, Lord, we keep our faith in you, God. We sink roots deep, oh God. Even when storms come, God, we can't be, Lord, we can't be transplanted. Lord, we can't be torn up. God, we can't be pulled up, God, because we've sunk our roots deep in your presence. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Why don't we just lift our hands and close him one last time and just let the Lord know how much we love him. Thank you for your love, oh God. Thank you for your love, oh God. Sometimes your love is all we need, oh God. Your love gets us through, Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. When you go to bed tonight, know that God's working. You might not get the answer that you want, but God is working. I think this is a good atmosphere for you just to hug somebody's neck and let them know that you're in the trenches with them. Yeah, come on, sir. This is your moment. This is your moment. Hug her. She can't be mean to you in the church house. (laughs) God bless you. Have a great week. We'll see you back Sunday. Go in the fear of the Lord and knowing that God is faithful.